0: Hello, friends, and welcome to the Optimized Advisor Podcast, where we focus on optimizing the well-being and best practices of insurance and financial professionals today. On this show, our objective is to help you optimize your life, optimize your profession, and learn from other optimized advisors. I'm your host, Scott Heinola. We hope you enjoy the show. Thank you, by the way, for coming on to the podcast today.
1: Absolutely. This is going to be so much fun. Uh,
0: we strive to hit one of three categories at a minimum on every episode. One is uh, we are going to talk to the, about the optimization of our practice. So We're going to learn a little bit about what it is you do in a category of insurance or insurances that you and your firm represent, which is the more you know direct, part of our conversation today. But the other part of it is learning from another optimized advisor. And I like to play with that uh, category in the sense that use a, a good friend that we know, Andrew, who's here in the a, a very successful and um, I would say uh, meaningful wealth advisor. Uh, he, by definition of the word, is what we would classify as an optimized advisor. But also uh, I like to play with that in the sense that uh, any entrepreneur who has formed and successfully developing a business to me is also an optimized advisor so
1: yeah uh, no that makes sense especially when you think about <clears throat> becoming optimized what is that what does it take to look like that and then maintain it or continue to like you said grow in that capacity and
0: it's a never-ending game I don't think in my mindset we're never fully optimized no but we're always striving towards what that would look like and the cheese is always moving right there's things that are always being thrown at us that force us on our heels or make us pivot as a company and
1: and the vision grows so i always start with what is what is the vision for my company going to look like and in 90 days it's easier to project the next 90 days and then a year then three then five then ten ten years who knows <laughs> you could just say something now To work towards that to give you you and your staff hope but the reality is like you said the the cheese is moving i think the vision unfolds the closer we get to it and so it doesn't it's not necessarily linear how we get there but it it certainly becomes bigger than we thought it was going to be
0: Mm -hmm. so let's pause there why don't you tell us a little bit about your company what it is that you actually do instead of us talking around it and then we can dive into that a little bit. Yeah,
1: my name is Sean Turner and I own an insurance agency uh, called Buffer Insurance in Dallas-Fort Worth. And we focus primarily on health and life, even though this year we are launching into property and casualties, so home and auto. So we're becoming a full service agency on our way to become optimized. That's right, I love that. Okay, good. And the name of your firm, Buffer Insurance? Buffer Insurance, yeah.
0: From the get-go?
1: that was from the get-go okay. now what's crazy is trying to figure out a name that the domain name hasn't always been taken so it's like www xyz insurance mm-hmm. how do you find that one that doesn't that hasn't been taken and i, I knew that my agency was going to be bigger than me i knew that we were going to have more staff than just me um and so i didn't want to name it sean turner insurance agency mm-hmm. because i felt like as we grew other people working weren't going to be named Sean Turner, mm-hmm. so they wouldn't want to necessarily they want, would want to a name of a company that they could represent that wasn't just someone else. A symbol beyond you. Absolutely. Yeah.
0: Um, OK, so let's talk a little bit about the the, if you can just a brief description of kind of the state of health insurance first and then let's dive a little deeper into the life insurance category.
1: Yeah, health insurance is one of the things that is always going up and so uh, we work primarily with employers and and seniors and so we're, we're doing medicare as well as employer benefits but there's some big things happening in the employer benefits space and one of that is that for the small groups and small group would be any employer under 50 employees mm-hmm. is there's there's a lot of shifts happening with carriers and one of the biggest shifts right now is the fact that blue cross blue shield in texas is is kind of king in that small group space but one of the I guess features of their products that you don't have to answer health questions to get onto their product so i literally had a guy hey sean i have five employees i have cancer i don't have any insurance can i can i get something and the answer is yes you can mm-hmm. jump on blue cross they, the price is what it is it's just set and interesting the new carriers that are coming into the market with new products I say hey we're going to have you fill out a health questionnaire assess your risk and then price it based on that instead. And so there's a mass exodus of the groups that Blue Cross had that was on lockdown that are now exiting and the price of Blue Cross is going up exponentially because the people left on their product are sick. Mm-hmm. All the healthy people are going to these other products called level funded products where uh, the price is based on the, the risk of the group rather than just a, a set overall class.
0: Okay, so level-funded means, so I have a small company, let's say 10 employees. The companies underwrite the entire group and categorize the group as a class. So, uh, I don't know, A, B, C,
1: D. Yeah, that's a simplified version of it. There's a lot, of, and I won't go into the details because those don't matter, but uh, the reality is, like, I'll take us, for example, we have nine employees now. Uh, I went to Blue Cross to just look at the price to see what a $3,000 PPO plan might cost us. And our, our group is late 20s mid 30s primarily and it was about $770 per employee for a $3,000 PPO plan Hmm. like wow that's really expensive this 27 year old can they pay $770 a month on that Mm -hmm. we looked at a level funded plan which is assessing the the risk of our group It went down to $330 per employee per month really and so there's a massive savings there for those groups who who can make it happen, who, who do have low risk or moderately low risk to, to exit off of what was the foundation, these, these uh, what we call fully insured plans. Wow! And so the state of healthcare is changing because of those new, m- new features and those new plans being available, there's a, a big shift happening to where some people are gonna save a lot of money and the others who are stuck because they're sick, they can't move, are gonna end up paying a lot more. Wow. A- Wow.
0: Okay. Now, a question: State by state, uh, you predominantly operate in Texas, and then does what you just said apply to how many other states?
1: Yeah, they actually have level-funded plans in every all fifty states. They do. So, okay, even California. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Although California is a little crazy. It is <laughs> California. Th- and that's New why York. I ask. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Of course. Like
0: because in our space. It's my interpretation, like New York just doesn't even want annuities or life insurance being written. They make it so challenging to do business in those states. It's it's
1: Well, a lot of states are, especially on the coast, New York has this. Washington has this and uh, several other states where they're mandating you have to have certain coverages. And so uh, New York might say you have to have short-term disability. And so every employer is forced to, whether they can afford it or not, Mm -hmm. to offer their employees these mandated benefits.
0: So let's talk a little bit about technology. I know that when you and I met at the workshop and we met through you being um, asked to be on stage and tell your story a little bit, which I want to unpack a little bit of that. But from a technology standpoint, you were very deliberate and intentional. And we need to build the proper interface uh, and have have a, a, a meaningful brand. But if you can just talk a little bit to that, that intentional decision that you made and the process that you've gone through to get where you're at today.
1: Yeah, I'll, so I started in 2018 just out of my house. Didn't know hardly anything about insurance. Barely had my license, like eight months. And so I knew at the time that I had just read a book called Art of War. And has nothing to do with business, but also has everything to do with business. And uh, one of the statements that really stood out to me was, when you're small, look big. And when you're big, look small. And so I was like, you know what? I'm so small. I'm competing with these companies who have hundreds, if not thousands, of employees nationally. How do I look like one of them so that I can compete with them, so that people won't just discount me? So I went in on a granular level. I was, all right, my phone system, I need to have something that when they call in and I can't answer it, it says press one for this department, press two for this department, and they all come to me. <laughs> right, right. And so something as simple as that versus also... Which cost. I mean,
0: relatively nothing, right? You already have to have my, a phone system.
1: Yeah, and then what? It did set me up for success, though, because instead of handing out my cell phone number, I was handing out my dial pad number or whatever phone number I am going with. Mm-hmm. And now I never answer my phone because I have that phone number routes to my assistant who answers my phone for me. And I, now I don't have to give out a brand new phone number. I can just give out our company line mm-hmm. or my my direct, which they all have the ability to set up rules on the back end, right? And so then started to look at CRMs out there, uh, client relationship management systems. And I just didn't really see any of that really were that great. Now there's, there's a lot out there now, but this was t- 2018. And so we were deliberate even back then on finding a CRM that would help us customize policies and, and client management uh, so even so that we could automate things. And so slowly over the years, we started adding things, but we were, Can you give me some examples of things
0: that you've automated that have really helped your business?
1: Yeah, if, if you have repetitious c- communications that you do over and over and over again, there's no point in, in typing out that email. And so we've, what we've done is one of them is that when a policy gets submitted, uh, let's say, for example, with a senior, they, they contact us. We, we have a, a pre-templated email that has some educational content. We send that to them. It's already pre-written out and there might be a few things we might modify but modifying 10 words versus 500 words right already saved 15 minutes and then let's we'll say they they sign up for a policy we have automated uh, email message that sends out to say your policy has been submitted with x carrier for x product with for x start date and so all that's pre-filled and then their policy gets approved mm-hmm. we come in there and say you're congratulations you you've gotten a policy that's been approved by x carrier for x product x state and even those three or four emails that we've sent out have saved thousands and thousands of hours mm-hmm. because when you think about it, if it saves five minutes in that moment and you do that moment a thousand times especially over a year or two or three right right it, it ends up being
0: multiplied times every number of sales representative or a person that's interfacing in that capacity
1: yeah yeah so we have automations for that type of stuff as well as follow up, like is the the sales made in the follow up. And so if you forget to follow up, in the, the the moment passes and they, they they went with someone else because you didn't follow up. I mean, mm-hmm. the, so we have automations for that as well, so that we don't we don't forget to um, co- contact the client if they mm-hmm. haven't contacted us. Okay,
0: okay. What else? Moving on. Yeah. So so beyond CRM, I guess. That's one of the things I talk to a lot of advisors about, and obviously most uh, do. Some of them also have been using the same CRM for decades. Mm -hmm. And it's so antiquated. Um, It's a challenging conversation because their interpretation is I have one, so I tick the box and it works. It works for me. Mm -hmm. Uh, Okay, fair enough. But what could a CRM system do?
1: Yeah, and that's what the biggest question is. A lot of people say, oh, I have a CRM, but all it is is a glorified electronic file cabinet. A Rolodex. Yeah, Yeah. and if that's what you view the CRM as, then you're losing out on a lot. Uh, Because as soon as you can build... Well, let me give you an example. So when a client now goes to our website, uh, they have a specific landing page for that segment of market. Um, They're presented with several different... uh, problems that they may encounter as well as the solutions to those encounters and then several Google reviews that from our from our existing clients and then a form that says if you want to learn more about this fill out this form and as soon as they fill out that Hmm. first name last name email and click next they're presented with a larger form and so uh, if anything if they stop there if you have the full form initially they're gonna be like this is too much Versus, if you give them a piece, a piece of it at a time, they can commit to something small, and just like you don't ask your wife when you first met her, you don't ask her to marry you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> if you did that, she'd be like, You're right. "You are know, crazy." Yes, yeah. absolutely. <laughs> so we don't do that to our, our prospects or our clients. So, uh, ask them for something small, and and give them a piece of something. So, we have something we call a, a for our seniors. We we do Medicare. Uh, we have a, we wrote a Medicare book. It's it's like thirty six pages, more of a booklet anything but um it, it took a little bit of time maybe a couple months to write that up but now there's a digital version we say in exchange for your information you get this valuable asset mm-hmm. and so name and email people give that out all day and then the next page they are presented with several other questions what's your date of birth when are you planning to retire what's your zip code and so all that information we would need to get a proposal and so once they fill that out then they're they're given this Medicare ebook. And then on the, the next page they see, uh, are, are you interested in doing a, a free Medicare consultation? And so we have Calendly basically built into that so that they can book the appointment right then. And what's nice about all this technology, it's linked to our CRM. So as soon as someone puts their email name in there, it automatically fills in this CRM. Hmm. And so all those all those data points, it used to. And I'll tell you, it hasn't always been that way. <laughs> it used to just send me a static form to my emails to say, Sean, you got a lead. Call them.
0: Got it. OK, and, so he, and, 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 that, and that that, information was summarized in the automated email that came to you. Correct. But it was not populated into your CRM system or any other technology.
1: Yeah. Phase one, that may be what all your advisors can do is just get the static email. And that's, that's a good step. Mm-hmm. At but, least it's generating leads. Correct, yeah. absolutely. The second step is to have the system fill that in for you. And even if the CRM doesn't have an integration, if you have Zapier, Zapier, some people say it differently, that that can act as like a third party processor for those types of tasks.
0: Okay, and just for those who don't know, Zapier
1: is what? Yeah, it's a if-then-then-that type software. So you can connect Google Drive with WordPress with all sorts of different applications. And it basically links the two together to say, if this happens if this trigger happens then do this process okay
0: are you to this this point we've talked a lot about the health insurance side of things are you similarly replicating that technology and on the life insurance side we are is it working
1: it is so the i would say the biggest thing on life insurance is people say oh i'm healthy you're like oh okay how let's let's find out Mm -hmm. and then they give you 15 prescriptions you're like (laughs) your idea of health Is different than what.
0: Especially when you unpack why the legal description of why a person would be taking a certain medication. Yeah. It's interesting to me because people underscore or really don't invest the time to understand what the medication is that they're taking or, you know, the medical reasoning for why. And it leaves a lot of questions because I think people just kind of undermine um the severity of their certain health conditions
1: no I think you're right but I think from a when you're optimizing your website or optimizing your processes at first I had incorrect thinking and someone helped me walk through this I was so bent on wanting to optimize the forms on the websites and all these things so that they would work operationally really easy for our team when in fact that was lower priority the higher priority that I was missing on that I was kind of afraid to tackle was the marketing aspect and so there's no point in optimizing something if you only get one form submission on that website a month
0: that's exactly right okay so, so have you figured that out
1: yeah just get on national television and uh <laughs>
0: <laughs> have you done that no
1: yeah I've actually been on so last summer when we went oh yes yeah, that's right that, okay
0: share the yeah. story yeah that's what you mean by that yeah okay so you got to tell the story
1: it's it's kind of like when a roofer says I need a marketing plan and then God sends a rainstorm a hailstorm mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like okay <laughs> that's that's my marketing <laughs> that's <plan>. it <laughs> yeah no so last summer it was during the month of June uh, Roe v Wade was overturned that's right and so uh, there were several different. Uh, I guess media at the time that kind of were cycling through. And at mm-hmm. the time, it was at least that when I picked it up, I had just come back from vacation and the overturn, I'm like, this is awesome. No one's even talking it, like, no one's celebrating this. Like, this is so great. Right. Um, but large corporations were saying, we're going to continue to make it easy for our employees to get rid of their babies. Right. And so they were providing out of state travel expense. Hey, we'll pay you $4,000. $5,000. Yeah, 5, yeah. Go to Colorado, have abortion, come back on Mon- Monday. Mm-hmm. We'll see you. And I was telling my wife Lauren, uh, I was like, "Do you remember when we had our firstborn Zoe? Who's she's eight now." But I said, "Do you remember we paid cash for her? We didn't have any insurance." And then I was back to work within forty-eight hours, and she's like, "Yeah, that that sucked. Like mm-hmm. that wasn't fun." I was like, "That wasn't part of the plan." I was like, "Instead of making it easy for employees to get rid of their babies, why don't we have make it easy for them to just have the baby?" Um, and so we we came up with an amount we wanted to. Um, help our own employees and we only had five at the time but they're all in their 20s and 30s just married or kind of in their baby making years and I said why don't we pay for the medical costs associated with the birth of their babies why don't we give maternity and paternity leave and then why don't we also for those families who want to grow through adoption or maybe can't have kids we'll pay for the medical costs associated with an adoption and so we put that package together for ourselves and then because we work with employers it just made sense why don't we tell our employers how to do this? For example, we put in this um, this PDF package. Um, a lot of the small business owners don't know that short term disability covers maternity leave for their female employees. So to pay 60 percent of their their salary for 12 weeks. Most people don't know that. And so we, we showed them how to do it. We put it, a post online on Facebook. And next thing you know it, the Daily Wire was writing an article about us. Mm-hmm. And I was like, this is fake. This can't be real this is one of those spoof websites someone mm-hmm, sent me mm-hmm. and then the next day because
0: oh, someone texts you like who or emailed you look who
1: yeah someone wrote this look article who's on about the news on the like, daily wire yeah i was like this isn't real i didn't i didn't even believe them, because uh, on our facebook when we post stuff we get 20 facebook likes or we used to and it was like my mom our five employees and maybe their cousins or something right like right that. some
0: random yeah, yeah yeah
1: and so five friends yeah next thing you know it fast forward I had done 75 video or or conference-type interviews with Fox News.
0: 75. Yeah, with The whole country,
1: all over the country. Everyone, everyone except like CNN. Uh, But basically uh, what I learned at that point was that there is, what's happening now is that there's a values-based economy that's being started. And so um, people are learning that you can vote at the ballot box every sometimes twice three times a year depending on where you live Uh, but you can also vote with your money every single day and so now we we get people all the time still even that was almost a year ago Mm -hmm. we have people calling us hey we saw that you're on this list for these people of companies of values that i share and i want to do business with you just because i know that you share my values
0: yeah absolutely i mean and that so i called you after that to tell you my story and um About a week before, which this is another example of just the Lord working in mysterious ways. The week before, I was chatting with, um, well, Nick and my wife and watching some headline about, and I I was getting emails from many corporate companies of their disdain and opposition for the decision that was made. And on the surface, fine and good. To me, that's what makes a democracy go round. Absolutely. Um, some decisions go your way, some decisions don't go your way. And it's okay to express your frustration and, and disappointment in how certain things turn out, fine and good. And even to the point of, to their, point, to their end of saying, we're going to support X Y C decision. Well, to not then subsequently or consequently also support an individual's choice to have life is some completely short-sighted. If you're allocating $5,000 as the number for one decision, why not allocate the decision subsequently on the other side of the coin? It's still $5,000 as an allocation, but they weren't, none of them were doing that. And my part of the story is as an adopted child, where my experience was incredible, and my mother was, my adopted mother, I never knew my parents, that was something where i told them i said i'm really upset about this because not giving a mother a choice and support their decision to have a child was completely wrong in my opinion and you and i probably get blasted for this but that's okay you know
1: well, we did get blasted so when we put that out there and we, we just put it out there that hey if you want to support life this is what we're doing you can do it too let's show you and our intention was never as a marketing ploy it was simply we want to activate other employers to do what we're doing. And so we've had thousands of employers call and say, hey, Sean, many of the, the 400, 500,000 employees. Yeah, we want to do that, how we do that. And and so many of them have been activated to do that. And so it's, okay, how do they do that? So there's it's a combination of a health reimbursement arrangement, short-term disability, and then just setting the expectations. And so uh, having, do you have an
0: idea of a general cost?
1: Of the birth of a baby?
0: No. Of what this cost the business to provide these supports
1: almost nothing yeah it really is because it's it's one of those things that if you just put it in place uh some i mean someone doesn't have babies after age 40. so I, we could have been an attorney a law firm
0: okay i have but, to do that yeah so post this I'll, I'll tell you how to do it afterwards yeah okay yeah yeah,
1: yeah. and so all, all this to say we we went viral on not expecting it and we didn't have the ability or the team to support the amount of feedback that we got it was amazing because
0: pre this event happening what did this what did this team look like
1: we had five employees and we were stressed when this happened because we had thousands and thousands and thousands of people reach out online we at one point had to turn off our phone system because we had our voicemail box was full we it, it just was chaos uh, when we turned it back on though we did have. And when you stand for your values, you're going to have people that, like you said, disagree with your values. (laughs) And so they that's okay to express that. But at the same time, you probably would never be someone to call a company up, cuss them out, and call them fascists. You had that too. Tell them to go to hell. Yeah. Well, we had plenty of that. Wow. Hmm. But what was neat about this was that I I learned uh, God is a God of order. And so... Uh, it felt like catching water with a net so that was a huge catalyst for us to upgrade our processes even more so now we're much more scalable part of it is that we do have additional staff that can help carry the load Mm -hmm. and so uh, it it was a a great event but if anyone is listening to this and wants to figure out what it looks like i I would say start having conversations about defining what your values are you don't have to fight every battle just let people know what your values are Mm -hmm. Um, and then and then put that put your money where your mouth is and start putting that out and so what's wild is last summer when we announced that we were going to pay for our employees children like the birth of the children none of them had kids yet Uh, my wife and i were the only ones and so uh six weeks after we announced that they all got pregnant one of them actually was found (laughs) out they were pregnant a week they got pregnant two weeks before that announcement and so we just pay their, their babies do any day. We, we've just paid uh, paid that out Okay, first time. So Wonderful. That, that was super exciting.
0: OK, so that's in real life now. Yeah, that's actually happening. Yeah, that's fantastic. Let me ask you a question about scaling. How have what what insights can you share as it relates to a small business and and making those decisions to scale, how to scale, deploying capital and the weight that it puts on you?
1: Yeah, I remember the very first employee I hired was about a year after I started, and what the the catalyst for it was, I was dropping balls. I had so much stuff going on. It was nice to my income. You couldn't was do it all. Yeah, yeah. I wish I could clone myself. There's a movie actually called Multiplicity where he clones himself, but each time he does it, it gets dumber. Right. <laughs> but I the income was oh rising. every
0: time he multiplies himself, it's a it's a lesser version of himself intellectually.
1: Well, he multiplies him. He clones himself. And then he goes, and then his clone has this amazing idea to clone himself. And so each time the clone clones himself, it gets like a more dumb. Yeah. Oh, wow. That's great. (laughs) It's like one of the the classic 90s movies. (laughs) Okay. That's fantastic.
0: Okay, I I digress. Go ahead.
1: No, but when it comes to scaling, I remember hiring my first employee. And it seems like every precipice, like you're on that precipice of like taking the next step, and it, it you're like, I can't afford this. Like, this mm-hmm. is crazy. But then as soon as you pull the trigger, you're like, why didn't I do this six months ago?
0: So validation first question is, you probably should have hired somebody long before you actually did.
1: Oh, yeah, definitely. Yeah. Or at least outsource something. And uh, that, at that time, I I found out more about myself too. Like, I love sales. I love pursuing people. I love pursuing relationships. Mm-hmm. I hate doing the behind the scenes like monotonous account management right uh it's not that I don't like our clients it's just doing the weeds and the details is is very difficult so I figured out how to hire someone in uh I got lucky with my first employee she's phenomenal Shelly if you're listening to this I love Mm -hmm. you yeah but uh, having her take that off my plate was a huge step yeah. and our, our business doubled again that
0: so bit. she complimented you in a big way and covered and filled a lot of the gaps that you were exposing
1: Yeah, especially yeah. when it came to paperwork and details and uh, renewing keep maintaining that re- client relationship
0: how well did you know those gaps at the time as opposed to post her hitting her stride and saying oh my gosh I, I've, I've now gained significantly more clarity as it relates to where I'm good and where I'm probably not so adequate.
1: I, I got lucky with her to where she complimented me perfectly, but since then I've tried to do that a couple more times and I've, I've had failures. Okay, but part of that is is that you want to run those employees or those candidates through like a personality assessment. Uh, the one I like is called disk. Another one that's really good is called Predictive uh, Index. Okay. And if you can figure out, and they basically have a 97% validation rate. So meaning someone takes this assessment, especially Predictive Index, takes like seven minutes. They they take that assessment and you'll know exactly what their personality is. Whereas I found that a lot of salespeople are really good at selling themselves to you, that they're going to fit this account management role. Mm -hmm. And you know that... Without those tests, you would think they're great, right? Because you're taking there.
0: them at their at their word, right? Yeah, and they and maybe they, they don't even know any better. Let's give them the benefit of the doubt for a moment.
1: What I've learned from doing enough interviews with people is that most people have no idea what they're going to be good at in life. They're floundering. They're trying to figure out what what they would be good at, and um, that's why a lot of our seniors, they're like, "I've worked at this job for 30 years. I can't wait to retire," and then they have a stroke and they they retire, have a stroke, mm-hmm. and then they they just hate their whole lives is because mm-hmm. they didn't spend the time to figure out what they were good at
0: hmm yeah absolutely true okay so you're nine nine now right a team of nine
1: nine employees and I will say this is some of our secret sauce we do have employees here in the States and we also have employees who are remote mm-hmm. internationally
0: how did and that so- idea come to formation
1: It just kind of fell in my lap. I don't know. I don't even know. I can't even point to one thing. But uh, essentially what I learned is that the job market in every other country is totally different than the U.S. But for example, if you identify in India or South America or uh, the Philippines, the Philippines is easy. So they business process outsource BPO is now I know that the term they call that. But Mm -hmm. a decent employee in the Philippines gets paid about 500 bucks a month, 600 bucks a month. And that's like really good. Like they would love to work for. And so the Philippines has an economy where it's like 80% of, of the people there work for a US-based company. And so some of those are like batch process jobs where they're data entry and they can kind of keep their own hours. Uh, some of our international employees, we actually make them keep our hours. And so sometimes it's nights, sometimes there's overlapping of, because they're different part of the globe. But to hire someone who's on the back end doing process management and they work 40 hours a week and you pay them what 500 seems like bucks a month nothing to us but is extremely meaningful to them uh can really be a game changer wow. for the profitability of your company
0: wow so how would you you I presume that then you have one that is better than adequate yeah. a relationship or a staff there how did you what was the process to find the right one
1: yeah I'll, I'll give an example like there's a website called onlinejobs.ph and that's a job board for specifically the philippines okay and i would say there there's other ones for other parts of the country like south america and indians and such and so some people might have a a desire to hire a certain uh, place they all have their pros and cons so for example uh in, uh in philippines it it rains a lot there and so if someone's not in the city in like manila or one of the big cities their internet might be spotty, and mm-hmm. you can't necessarily count that against them. I mean, it's just the infrastructure of the country, right? Um, but when we were going through the hiring process, I was like, you know what? If we hire the wrong person, what do we lose? Five hundred bucks? <laughs> yeah, the collateral. Yeah. damage is minimal, it's so low. But the very first thing we did was we set up an English proficiency test, and we had on this job we we posted it. within four hours we had fifty applicants. So I'm like, how do we? how do we figure out like this is crazy wow and so we did an English proficiency test just had them run through that took the top five interviewed them took them through the disk analysis Hmm. and then um and then I would say that the if you're gonna hire and these are
0: doing systems systems work mostly absolutely when you
1: hire someone remote like that they you have to have a developed process that they can just plug into Uh, you can't say hey go figure it out that's not part of their culture too their culture in the philippines especially it's uh you have to understand this. Like it's very catholic oriented so they're very religious people uh, but they're also very submissive and passive people mm-hmm. And so they would love to please you but you have to tell them how to please you so it's hey do this process when this client does this do this and so we are our, our, our employees who work internationally we actually do meetings with them weekly and they're part of our team wow like, yeah they're, they're not we don't just that's great view them as a number or a task master and then but they're, but they're part of our team yeah
0: i love that okay let's go back to life insurance i want to talk a little bit about that what are you doing what are you seeing in life insurance marketplace and what are you guys using it's technology based so heavy technology right you're driving you're doing marketing online i presume driving people to your website or a platform that mm-hmm. platform does what
1: yeah so you can you can kind of cut it out into three pieces it's like the marketing aspect of like getting leads to call in. Yeah, what are you seeing
0: that's working? What are you doing?
1: We haven't figured that out as far as like outbound. And so you have outbound and inbound. We get a lot of inbound. You do. And how so? It's just values-based stuff. And so you say, hey, I I stand for these values. And all of a sudden, people want to do business with you. So we're licensed in 34 states, and we get uh, inquiries every single day uh, just through those landing pages. And so uh, when you do inbound like that, though, it's kind of a mess as to what you're going to get mm-hmm. so these people are, are reaching out to you rather than if your outbound game is really strong you can target those people and reach out to them in a way that's going to be um, more targeted towards your your ideal client right so I would say the, primarily most of the people that reach out to us though see that they want cheap term but I think the biggest thing is is I want long term care life insurance and so figuring out some type of method hybrid yeah the hybrid thing is getting out the word's gotten out people want that
0: and so that type of insurance requires a sales professional yes not whereas whereas you know to a point term life can be completely electronic and that interface could exist without ever actually dialoguing with an insurance agent how are you handling the the interface of inbound leads procured it's defined and identify that this person is interested in something insurance life insurance but more than term what does that funnel then look like
1: yeah so the i wish i had my my i have a a guy named cody on our team who does primarily all the life insurance oh he does
0: okay okay so he can talk through that a little bit but yeah
1: i I taught him but then the master pretty much he he exceeded me (laughs) oh he did okay good that's a sign of a good leader
0: that's my only hope is nick (laughs) It kicks my butt as it relates to annuities in life and the knowledge, and he's getting pretty close. Yeah.
1: But I would say, when it comes to qualifying those prospects, if you can get those uh, underwriting type of questions up front, right, and let them know you're not you're you're not going to find a product, or that you can, rather than teaching them about what options are out there and mm-hmm. then qualifying them. Mm-hmm qualify them up front that way you're not wasting your time because a lot of times especially with long-term care insurance people aren't going to get it because they already have diabetes obviously with life insurance with long-term care rider mm-hmm. they're less strict on that but qualifying them from that regard and then once you have qualified them then then spend the time investing into that sale
0: yeah yeah okay all right that's good uh, so let's let's close uh, or get close to closing out you've talked around values and being a value-driven organization enlighten us please on buffer insurances values and how that has changed your business
1: yeah it started with uh figuring out what our purpose was so we've we've our highest priority is to serve other people and
0: that was you uh moving forward with the overflow process right
1: yeah aaron at am agency with overflow Uh, i was one of their very first clients. And we used to sell based on deductibles and copays and all that like feature based part. And mm-hmm. then he helped me figure out, oh, there's there's companies out there that are cause driven. For example, Tom's is one of the er- way early versions or Chipotle even mm-hmm. Chipotle's doing that like in food with integrity. Mm-hmm. Um, people people will pay a premium for that. And so we went through, figured out our purpose, which then it's kind of twofold we use it for client facing but then it, it really helps us reinforce our own team's uh, employees and stuff like that what why they're here at our company what what are they doing and what is your purpose and so we, we just say we believe that you have a future worth protecting and so we want to ensure that future that future impact that you're going to make mm-hmm. and so that looks a little bit different uh like we basically take that that's the broad idea and then we break that down into individual segments of our market so with our seniors that looks a little bit different with our employers uh it's more around their vision and we think that if your vision's worth investing into as an employer how do we help you and your employees achieve that vision and so uh, th- that we all start with our purpose and then we furthered it with more articulate our core values which is kind of how we we were talking about earlier so we we have five core values and then we have an impact statement with each one of those we have three impact statements with each one of those values that defines what success looks like with that core value okay and people can find that on our website it's just bufferedinsurance.com and then on the about us page if you scroll all the way to the bottom you'll you'll see our core values out there we actually just recorded a video talking about our core values that we do yeah it's not up there yet but um that's how much we believe in our purpose our values and then what we're going to stand for and so I want to go to your website yeah so you'll, you'll see beautiful
0: ch- website i mean seriously um, and uh you went through this revamp of your website with overflow yeah in part of that process
1: yeah so they really took we had i'm not very good with words and so they they basically took all of the ideas they asked a thousand questions put it all these sticky notes and then came back a few weeks later with like this like sharp presentation with all Mm -hmm. these they say hey when we heard you say this this is what we saw this is the underlying theme so they revamped everything and then we basically use that as a platform to build from
0: okay so your core values would be i see here our big ideas inspire connect protect scroll all the way down Keep doing. okay
1: see so it's like trust here we go
0: yeah excellence teamwork what's your definition of
1: teamwork click on the little drop down you'll Mm -hmm. see the impact statement yeah
0: We put others first and treat them with respect. We value the collective expertise in our team and seek ways to learn from others. We effectively collaborate with others to deliver superior service and outcomes to our customers. I love that. Oh, look at you, health. These are actually pretty similar.
1: Yeah, that's why I noticed here is like, are you working through this or is this something you have? Because I think articulating because then you take it to the next level is like we have this enron actually had integrity as one of their core values
0: of course they did it's and very it's fitting
1: it's on their wall but obviously no one was acting it out and we actually every 90 days from the date of a hire oh with an employee gosh. we have a quarterly conversation and we have a grade that they they grade themselves and their colleagues grade themselves as well and we call it a people analyzer and it all has to do around surrounding core values
0: Wow. well wait so other employees also grade other employees
1: so let's say our senior account manager shelly her team who are all on the account management team and then our employer sales rep all grade shelly when she goes through this quarterly conversation Hmm. and it it doesn't take but a few minutes for them to fill it out but it basically asks them a couple questions and then a plus or minus scale on how they how how shelly did the last 90 days and i would say when we go through that um we don't do it on a quarterly basis, I mean, we do it every 90 days, but mm-hmm. 90 days from the date of their hire. That way, we're not doing a bunch at once. They're all kind of spread out evenly, and it really makes an impact, and it's it's amazing to hear the feedback and then also give them feedback uh, for how they did the last night. It's kind of like I liken it to if your dog were to poop mm-hmm. on the carpet, and then a year later, you spray them in the face with water to discipline them, they're gonna be like what the heck was that for absolutely so every 90 days is a great pulse for that that's
0: great I love that kudos to you that's fantastic okay um you're married I am you have kids
1: three kids four six and eight
0: okay four six and eight you are in the thick of it my friend that's fantastic okay you also have personal interests I would presume yeah like Sean has things that Sean likes to do for Sean because it's how he stays sane
1: Absolutely. Hunting is probably at the top of that.
0: OK, which could be a quite of a time consuming hobby. You also run a business. Yeah. What does your week look like? How uniform are you? Any best practices that you can share or tricks that work for you to help balance your life with everything that you've got going on?
1: I, I always I view work as infinite, so there's always more work to be done. So i always cut off at five
0: amen to that
1: yeah so that's
0: hard for people to learn
1: i I love work me too so it's it's very hard but also i love my kids and so to say i love my work more than my kids like that's problematic that's Mm -hmm. two two things loves that i have that conflict with each other and so work's always going to be there my kids aren't I only got a couple more years left with them so um cutting off at five is like a must but then my wife, she doesn't work, but she basically has a full-time job carpooling the kids everywhere, taking managing our house. 100%. And so supporting her, too, is, is huge. So the things I love now, uh, I don't necessarily get to do as often, but that's okay because there's... They take a little bit of a backseat, yeah. but you still get to do it, I hope. it's And it's just, I, I realize that this is a season I'm going through with the kids being so young and pouring into them is important. Mm-hmm. And so it's, it's one of those things, that, but I did go on a hunting trip. I was gone for three days. My wife was basically like a single mom taking care of the kids in the house. By you're, you're
0: here to tell the story, though. You survived. Yeah. <laughs> I presume the family survived. Yeah. The business survived.
1: That's one of the, the fun things to do is to take a week off, step away from work. Mm-hmm. And you come back, you're like, it didn't burn down. <laughs> it didn't burn
0: down. And I think you're energized. I mean, yeah. it allows you to decompress. It allows you to do a lot of things that when you're in it, uh, i don't think you have the opportunity to do
1: yeah because you can you can work yourself to death and i've seen people actually do that and and for for what
0: for what um, yeah 100 uh,
1: our our business is no matter what we're doing it revolves around people and the impact we make is with people so it's not about making money although making money gives you flexibility It's still about what the impact is you're you're making in other people.
0: And if the relationships that I care about most in life, let's be honest, I'm not always I'm not doing all of this for me, right? I'm doing this for the livelihood of those that I care about the most. So there's that element of it. And then if I'm not healthy enough, both physically or mentally, what good am I to anybody and what good is any of this anyways?
1: Absolutely. I think when you see people's visions for their future, uh, they're like, hey, what do you want to do when you retire? like oh vacations and corvette this and nice car that nice house and then you kind of bring it back down to five years and ten years or ten and five and then three and then today it's like it always goes back to those important relationships Mm -hmm. like if you had 24 hours to live you're not caring about the car or the house it's about your wife your kids those those relationships that Mm -hmm. matter
0: and feeling good about the rearview mirror what I have been able to do and accomplish and empower instill in my journey.
1: And that's why you see in the establishment of the United States, all of these, uh, like Andrew Carnegie and, and Ford and all these people who were part of this industrial revolution who made tons of money on railroad or cars or whatever it was, they were ruthless men. They were hard men. But at the end of their lives, they realized what kind of impact am I making Mm -hmm. and they all became philanthropists at that point they they kind of realized their sins that they had and tried to cover up or make up for it make up for it yeah you don't want to be those guys Mm -hmm. you want to you want to walk in your purpose every single day and make an impact on those relationships that you mean are most meaningful to you
0: amen to you thank you for coming in today thank you I appreciate you sharing insights about you your journey and um how do people find you uh, just you the, and or the company.
1: Yeah, bufferinsurance.com. You can find our, our company website. And if you're interested in reaching out, just go on the contact us page and uh, I'll, I'll get in touch with you. It's you.
0: all there, people. It's all there. It's, it's Incredible cool. website, bufferinsurance.com. Thank you. Cheers. Thank you. Yeah. Until next time. Thank you for tuning in to today's episode. Please subscribe, like, share, leave a comment or review. Be sure to check us out on social media at Optimized Advisor Podcast. Till next time.